live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on January 28th to hit the internets on January 29th. And, and, and let me start right from the beginning. I'm here for two reasons, okay? One, you know why I'm here. And I'm here so I won't get fined. So there. Uh, yes, that's that's why I'm here. The, the wonderful, friendly soundbite generator himself, Marshawn Lynch, helping me out. We'll get into his foolishness later. Yes, foolishness. Uh, we'll talk about. We we'll, we will. Jeez, starting off the bank, Brian. We'll talk about a NBA star who is possibly unceremoniously leaving us, Mr. Kobe Bryant. We'll talk about my. I don't want to say relationship with him, seeing he doesn't know I exist, but. Uh, we'll talk about the ups and lows, uh, how I've felt about Kobe Bryant throughout the years. And this being the fourth podcast, I'm not sure if I've spoken about this gentleman. If I have, it must have been in passing, but I am amazed. This is the first segment we're actually going to talk about Alexander Emmanuel Rodriguez. We'll talk about him coming back into Major League Baseball in only the way he can, with a bang and lots of controversy. And of course... We'll talk about the Royal event that occurred last Saturday, the 24th, in Manhattan. For the pontiff of sports talk radio, Mr. Michael Francesa. But of course, we begin with deflate gate. And I'll start from the beginning saying I'd like to punch myself in the face for actually saying the word deflate gate. Uh, didn't Watergate happen like 40 years ago? Can we lose the gate? I, I know I'm not the only one saying this, but. Geez, do we have to put a, a gate at the end of every scandal? It's old, it's boring, it's hacky, it's stupid. But hey, let's talk about the flake gate. And we all know the facts. Uh, there were footballs found on the Patriots' sideline that were previously were of the right amount. And at halftime, the NFL working on a tip or possibly being set up. There are so many sources and stories out there, no one knows what to believe. But they were decreased. And last week, if you listened to the podcast, and if you didn't, shame on you, you're terrible. I said this about Deflategate. I think it's a lot to do about nothing. It is... I, I, I don't know what to... And wow. That, that's Brian Buckley right on the money. At Brian Buck 13 you want more predictions like that because no one's talked about Deflategate at all. No one has talked about it whatsoever, so I stand by my prediction. <sighs> Boy, screw the pooch on that one, but I think in the long run, that is still going to be true. Obviously, for this week of the football, it was a perfect storm. You got the Super Bowl, you need a story to talk about, because instead, if we didn't have that, we, our story would be talking about how Marshawn Lynch doesn't talk. So we have Deflate Gate. we have the Patriots possibly bending the rules again in their favor, I still still think it's going to be much ado about nothing, honestly. I think this happens all the time. I think that these quarterbacks coming out right now are doing this because they want to protect the quarterback brand. I think it happens all the time. I think there are preferences that everyone likes, and I think they were a little insulted by the fact that Tom Brady came out and said that he wouldn't notice the difference, which offended a lot of quarterbacks. But the NFL is... Either way... they have a history of obviously making fools of themselves. This season has probably been the worst public relations nightmare in the history of the NFL. Uh, but they really had no choice this year. Whatever they chose to do was going to be get be criticized beyond belief. They could have penalized, suspended, fined, whatever, to the New, New England Patriots on the week of the Super Bowl. Uh, 
which would be unprecedented. Or they could rest on their laurels, say, hey, we screwed up the Ray Rice thing for not investigating everything, not doing what we're supposed to be doing, not looking at all the facts, surveying the landscape. Let's take a break. Let's look at all the, all the, all the facts, everything, and we'll analyze it and make a decision later. So basically, they're just sitting on their feet and using that as, as, an, as an excuse. And they'll, they'll do all their investigations, which probably take two seconds to do, but they're going to make it seem as if there are men 24-7 top men. Like the same guys that put the grail away. Top men on top of this. But let, let, let's cut the crap. We all know we're waiting toward, to the end of the Super Bowl, then you'll hear things. But, I mean, th- these sort of things in, in sports happen all the time. I mean, you hear about landscapers in baseball cutting the grass for a certain way when a pitcher's pitching. Or maybe making it a little dry or, or out, uh, putting too much water on the field, making it a little sloppy, all depending on the pitcher's preference. You've also heard, uh, you've also heard about basketball where they have changed these these rules but where there'd be a a whether be a turnover the ball the player would hold on to the ball and would not give the ball to the other team to inbounds it we've had now had the delay a game put in there also be in tennis what's monica sellas known for great player she was stabbed unfortunately and her grunting a lot of competitors said her grunting was to so the other tennis players couldn't hear the sound that it came off to be able to play play it, her hit off theirs. Okay, my tennis terminology is not great. Play the hit off theirs. I'm trying my best here. I'm not mad dog. I don't know tennis. But to hear the sound off the racket, that grunt would mask it. So I think this crap happens all the time. And it just can't be out in the open like this. And I hear people say, well, well they, they, they beat the, the Colts 45-7. to 7. It wouldn't have made a difference. You're missing the point, though. They're caught red-handed. It doesn't matter if they won by a 1,000 or they won by one. They changed the parameters of the game in their favor. So, while I think it happens all the time, they still did cheat, and I think they do need to be reckoned with. Not reckoned with, but they need to be, they need to be punished. They need to be punished. Uh, so that's what I think about Deflategate. The, I don't think it's going to have any bearing on the Super Bowl. But we got our first taste of the Super Bowl outside of Deflategate yesterday at the Media Day. And you might as well put a, put a big top over the Media Day because the Media Day is a circus. And in the players' defense, it is ridiculous. They get all these players. It's like a like a, a bully who's a sociopath who's just cornering people into spots to do what they want them to do. That's what the NFL is. They get these players, they put them in a little booth, and then they just surround them with people and try to get them to say dumb things and make them look stupid. With that being said, Mr. Marshawn Lynch. Now, I spoke about this on the last last podcast, that people uh, gravitate towards him. They they think it's, I use the word cool, uh, cool, that's a word. They use the word cool. They find that attractive, his defiance. And I get the defiance part. You have a hypocritical... You have a shameless league in the NFL that says they care about player safety, which is a bunch of crap. That they care about the image of the NFL, that's a bunch of crap. Well, they do, but they don't. I mean, Ray Rice is beating people, two-game suspension. They care about money. That's all they care about. And they don't like people making them look stupid. So, I can understand the defiance Marshawn Lynch is projecting towards the NFL. 
But I'll say this again. Marshawn Lynch is a millionaire. It is his job to play football. He is required to speak for five minutes at the NFL Media Day. Five minutes. Now, I've heard the argument from people, well, he doesn't feel comfortable talking in front of people. Uh, you know, it's not really his thing. Let's, let's stop with the garbage. Let's stop with the garbage now. He looks pretty uh, comfortable up there, cheesing it up, smiling, getting close as he can to the microphone. I'm only here so I won't get fined. Smiling, loving it. And, you know, there's certain parts of my job I don't really think are my thing. I'm going to go into my job tomorrow. I'm going to tell my supervisor. No, I'm not, I'm not faxing that. You know what? Eh, it's not really my thing. I just, I just don't want to do it. It's not my thing. I don't feel comfortable doing it. And while Richard Sherman has made some good points about the conflict of interest with Robert Kraft and the commissioner, Roger Goodell, him going out there to say what he said uh, regarding this is a bit he basically backed up that point that that he doesn't feel comfortable he shouldn't have to do this and that Roger Goodell should have to speak to the media all the time too which I understand with that point I, I understand that I think he probably should too but he, he he's the boss I want to go into my boss's office tomorrow and start telling them what they need to do now I get it the NFL is shameless they are they they don't care about them they don't they care about themselves they don't care about the players they're chattel i understand that but you know what we've all worked for some bad places that don't make any sense their rules you still have to abide by them i feel no sympathy for marshawn lynch i think he's a fool i think he's a spoiled brat i don't know why people continue to think that because the nfl is a classless organization that he should be able to act like a jerk 5 minutes of his time why can't he just give the same boring, cliche answers that every other place does? Oh, what every other player does. Oh, I know why. Because it's his ploy for attention. It's his ploy to heal it, for us to talk about him. And he, it's working. We're all talking about him not talking. That's, what it, that's what's happening. So, I mean, if you want to look at it from that standpoint, he's the genius. He is a genius. So... That's where I stand on Marshawn Lynch. He's a jerk and great player. What do you want me to say? Great player. And you can see that the media is starting to get a little testy. In the media, I spoke about this last time too, vultures waiting for you to say something so they can misconstrue a word you say to make you look like a monster. I get it. But every other player is doing it. Stop being a baby. It's a very tired act and it's boring. Very, very boring. Uh, by the way, there's a football game on Sunday, and the Super Bowl is, is barely a football game. It's pageantry. It's commercials. Now the commercials. I mean, remember the commercials people actually get excited for? Now we're leaking commercials before the game starts. That, that, that's where we've gotten now. I'm not sure really the appeal of that to watch commercials on YouTube five days before the game. Uh Especially seeing it keeps the women quiet. Uh, keeps them in the game, at least. Did I say that? All right. Um, but there is a game, and I'm not going to sit and bore you with X's and O's. You can go on the internet and read all that. I'm not an X's and O's guy, especially when it comes to the sport of football. But I think it's going to be a great game. 
the spread has hopped around a little bit. I know it came out as a pick'em. Uh, as we're speaking here, I'm trying to currently look up the 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 current spread. I don't know if there's a lot of movement. Last time I heard it was okay. Right now we got minus two Patriots going to Bavada on Wednesday, January 28th. We have New England minus two. Eesh. I think New England's going to win this game. The X factor is Marshawn Lynch. Oh, Brian! Wow, groundbreaking. But the, the real hard insight there. I understand. But he is their offense. When he's rolling, they're rolling. Yes, Russell Wilson had the worst game of his career last game, but they still managed to win. I still don't think even the best game is going to propel them to victory. They need Marshawn Lynch. And if the Patriots can shut down Marshawn Lynch, I I think they'll win. Just in case you were uh, paying attention to home, 7-2 against the spread in the playoffs. So I'm going to take New England minus two for the big daddy of them all, the Super Bowl. Commercials, pageantries, Katy Perry, uh, lots of pregame garbage, and away we go. Uh, So I'm not sure how we, how, I'm not sure uh, what else to say about the game other than that. So we'll just move on instead of me rambling, stuttering, you're for the, you, you like that, right? I can do a whole podcast that 30 minutes, just me stuttering, going over my words, over my words. Uh, last week, 36-year-old Los Angeles Lakers guard Kobe Bryant, he tore his rotator cuff, jokingly saying he was passing too much, trying to get his teammates involved because that team is god-awful. And this this is the just a long line of many injuries. Uh, this all-time great has occurred has incurred. I mean, last year he tore his Achilles and missed the playoffs and only played six games before that, recovering from a broken bone in his knee. Uh, I remember when Kobe came up, he, he was, he was, he was, wow, he was, he was really an interesting guy. He was obviously a first round guy. He had the, had the personality. He was coming out of high school. He's one of the high school guys. So there was a lot of hype regarding him. He had that smile. Start off a little rocky. But I think by year two or year three, you could see he was a special player. He was a very arrogant, pompous jerk, in my opinion. And it seemed like the opinion of a lot of people, including his teammates and others in the league. And I think it really, I think the, the, the part that got me, and I reveled in it because I really disliked him, was when he won the All-Star MVP in Philadelphia, his, I don't want to say his hometown, he's from the area. He won the MVP, and as he's holding the award there, he is booed. Booed. The boos rained down on him. I don't know how the NBA could have been happy with one of their superstars being booed in his hometown by winning the All-Star MVP. Obviously, the allegations of the rape in Eagle, Colorado years later, I'm not going to say that changed him, but I think it may have. And I don't know. The past few years, I've sort of looked at him in a different light. I think he's been able to withstand Father Time for so long. I mean, think about it. He hasn't even played college basketball. He's been playing in the NBA in the grind of 82 games all year, every year, since the time he was 18 years old. And I also respect Kobe because he's one of those guys who has that competitive drive in him, that competitive gene that only a few players have, like Jordan or Bird or Isaiah. LeBron, for as great as he is, he doesn't have that gene. And we all know it. LeBron knows it. Kobe has that, I'm going to rip your heart out and show it to you, stomp on it, then hit a three in your face and laugh at you. And 
I think it's 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 I think he will go out like this. I don't think he can come back. I don't think he wants to keep going through rehab. Who would want to? And at this point, I, I don't know what to say about Kobe. It's it's unfair for a guy of his ilk, his talent, his history, and what he's meant to the game to go out like this. But unfortunately, this is this might be the way he goes out. So kind of sad to see Kobe leave our televisions like this. I don't know what he does. I think he'd probably go the Jordan route, get in the office, because these guys can't be coaches, these these guys that are ultra-competitive like this, because they just get mad at the players because they can't be as good as them. They can't do the things they used to be able to do. Um, so, good luck, Kobe. I mean, good luck with all the millions. Beautiful family, all that. Yeah, my heart goes out to you. Just kidding, but he was he a was great player in the NBA. My, I completely turned over my opinion of him, so sad to see him go out like that. But we'll get into this topic here. We move on to... Mr. Yeah, Alex home. Rodriguez. I am a I Yankee said, fan, huh, and it. I'll be honest. You could look at A-Rod from a few different directions. I think he's disgraceful. I think he is a bad, I don't know him, but stories I've read, stories I've read, remember I said that, stories I've read, he seems like a bad person. Strong? Yes. I said stories I've read, never met the man. But... You know, he is, he brings so much energy to anything. He is the gift that keeps on giving. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He will be here and the lights come on. It's like all the soap, get him, all the soap rap was put together. General Hospital, uh, one life to live. As the world turns, it's all A-Rod all the time. This team, the 2014, 2015 Yankees. 2014 was all Jeter. 2015 will all be A-Rod. This team will not be good. They'll compete for a while, but it's going to be all about A-Rod. I mean, we start with the reports that Alex Rodriguez is working out. Hey, good. He's in shape. That's good. He's working out with Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone worse in the school of forming a public relations team, maybe other than the NFL, uh, than Alex Rodriguez. It's like his handlers need handlers. His handlers, handlers need handlers. When you just came off an unprecedented 162-game suspension for steroids, you are working out with Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. So that was fun. But, uh, the other stuff I want to talk about isn't necessarily Alex's fault. I think it's actually the Yankees. Alex wants to make amends, so he he met with the commissioner of the Major League Baseball to sit back, say, hey, hey, I'm back, you know, put feet up, cigars, the whole thing. I'm back. Let's clear the air. Let's be friends again. Lots of bro hugs. MLB met with him. Yankees? Eh, nah, we'll see you in Tampa. Didn't want to meet with him. They didn't want to meet with A-Rod. They didn't want to hear his lines, his phoniness, which he is completely phony. But it's hysterical. I love it. I, I eat it up. I eat it the slop. I eat it up. I, I'm totally guilty of disliking A-Rod, but I love it. It's a sick, sick passion of mine. And the other report that came out this week is that the Yankees are trying to void his bonuses for the milestones. Now, Bill Madden in the Daily News is saying that 
they don't have to pay him because it's some sort of uh, secondary contract. It's not actually in his contract. That's the first I've heard of that, but they want to avoid the milestones of surpassing Willie Mays and home runs, uh, avoid the milestone of getting 3,000 hits, which is only 92 hits away. So we're going to see him pass Willie Mays and get 3,000 hits this year. And we remember the circus with all of Jeter's milestones. What do the Yankees do with Alex's? Will it just be, what, what will it be? Will it be anything? Will they even acknowledge it? Will there be anything on the Jumbotron? Will they be selling A-Rod dirt? I think we all know it's probably not going to happen, but the awkwardness of that situation, and the Yankees certainly don't handle things very well either, so it's going to be a very, very... <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking about how uncomfortable it's going to be and how the yes announcers, how will Michael K? <laughs> what take will he have on this? Because you have to have a take. You can't sit and watch a guy get 3,000 hits and then just act like it's going two for four in a meaningless game in July. But that should be interesting. Mr. Rodriguez. Oh, and by the way, quickly before we uh, move on, that whole Marshawn Lynch thing, the NFL really sticking it to Marshawn Lynch now by trying to fine him over his beast mode hat. You know, the hat he went out there to make money on. But he, it's not his thing, though. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty petty move, but you know what? Marshawn Lynch is putting himself in that position where he would be fine because I guarantee if he was answering, giving the same cliche answers for five minutes, just like every other player, he wouldn't be hearing anything about a fine for his beast mode hat. He didn't have a problem talking to the Skittles reps when he was getting paid on Monday, though, did he? And... Yeah, so that that's my opinion on Marshawn Lynch. Enough's enough. But yet, yet I continue talking about him. It's like I feed into my own hypocrisy, and so does the media. I I, I stop short before I call myself the media. This is a podcast, the Red Ticket Blues podcast. You can follow me at, at @brianbuck13. Just remember all that. I stop short of the media. I am who I am. It's like Peter Tosh. All right. And finally tonight, it's maybe, I say it's going to be a short podcast, but who knows how long I'll talk about this. Finally tonight, last week, I went to a, a festival. I spoke about this on the podcast, saying that I would be attending Francesicon 2 at Irving Plaza in New York City. This, uh, I, I will say I was at the first Francesicon. It was in a bar in a saloon, a saloon in the uh, island of Manhattan. It's a fun time. This was 500 times better. It was a small venue where you'd see, you know, a musical uh, concert. Musical concert. Yeah. And there's about a thousand people. It's sold out. People dressed like Mike Francesa. Some guy even dressed up as a Diet Coke. And he had his sort of religious cane, all made of Diet Coke bottles. But there are lots of francesa people there and obvious and true to his word mike francesa did make an appearance and he had a few things to say to the audience and it it really was amazing to see mike and i'll tell you he was completely overwhelmed a man who never is speechless he wasn't speechless but i think he was completely overwhelmed 
he handled the crowd like a well-oiled machine, like a just seasoned politician. He knew the right things to say, when to say it. I was only, probably only talking for about eight, nine minutes, but it was it was something else. And that guy, for as much flack as he takes as being a jerk, as being dismissive about treating his fans, fans, a.k.a. callers or audience, like complete garbage, he sat and stayed there with every single person. And he said till about five o'clock. And yes, I met the great Mike Francesa. Got my picture taken with him. The whole fanboy experience. What a day. What a day. Kind of reminds me of another day, July 30th, 2006, when I caught a foul ball. Well, you'll hear more about that someday. I know you're tuning in to hear about podcasts. Tune into podcasts to hear about foul balls. Meet Mike Francesa. I know. I, just cool your jets. we got plenty of time for A-Rod and foul ball stories. But... And it, it was it was something else. We got to meet a lot of nice people, a lot of a lot of great people that we share a creepy fandom, uh, collective fandom of Mike Francesa, and it was it, we had the Mike and the Mad Dog impersonators doing the skits. Um, and the crowd was just rabid. It was it was insane. It, it, Mike said it was the craziest thing he'd ever seen, and. 30 years or what, 40 years I don't know whatever year he's up to now he seems to change it with every passing argument but it was a great time had by all and he even promised to bring the Mad Dog next year Mad Dog Chris Russo which made up the Mike and the Mad Dog radio program for I'd say about 19 years before they broke up in 2008 I want to say but it was a great time had by all. Check out YouTube or, or, or Twitter and look up Francesacon, and you will see how ridiculous it was, but how much fun it actually was as well. So that's the week. That's my week. And by the way, I'm sorry about being a little late here. For two days, there was a storm. Uh, there was snow, apocalypse, the whole thing. Cats and dogs living together, the whole deal. Frogs, two of every animal. It ended up being a big storm, but you know nothing like the, the the end of days that the meteorologist predicted. Whatever, you know they they try their best. I'm not going to get on weathermen. I'd rather them be incorrect about something big than underreport something and people die and I'm stuck in the middle of somewhere. And so everyone was prepared. I think I got enough food for a few weeks. But and of cash on me, cars filled up with gas. But that's why the late uh, times here. I like to try to get it out on Tuesday morning, but you're hitting it on Thursday morning. A lot of shoveling. I'm an old man, back hurts. Now I'm whining. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening at BrianBuck13 and www.redticketblues.com. I'm out of here. Yeah! <laughs>